you were just hoping you'd get selected and then eventually one Sunday afternoon the email came through and I couldn't believe it yeah I was absolutely delighted and because it was so far away from me for for so many years I wasn't even thinking of an Irish squad I just wanted to continue being a professional rugby player and Hello and welcome to the Pro Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Brian Moylette. I'm a former Irish international age grade player. And each week I chat with a player, a coach or a person involved at the top end of the game to hear about their story, get their insights and find out what life is like in professional rugby. On Instagram, I'm the Offfield Rugby Coach. That's at Offfield Rugby. Please follow me there and let me know any thoughts or feedback you have for the pod. Please subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And also, please share the pod with some friends. Those simple actions have a big impact and are really, really appreciated. Today I chat with Connacht Centre Tom Daly. We chat about why his time at Leinster didn't really work out and why he feels he's thriving in Connacht at the moment. What he thinks his point of difference was that helped get him into the Ireland squad last summer. How he was ready to quit rugby just before Andy Friend gave him a call and gave him his break with Connacht. What he would have done differently during his time at Leinster. And Tom's also studying to be a physio at the moment, so we chat a little bit about how he balances that along with playing pro rugby. Tom talks about the kind of business that he would like to open when he hangs up his boots. He chats about why he changed agents recently and the options that he had when he was leaving Leinster. He mentions the Irish international that is mentoring him at the moment and having a big impact on his career, and we chat about lots more. I was lucky to play with Tom for a few years in Lansdowne while he was in the Leinster system, and we chat a little bit about this, and Tom talks about how his attitude and lifestyle has changed quite a lot since then. Also, while at Lansdowne, Tom played in the centre with Tom Farrell, the way he is at Connacht right now, and he chats about why he thinks it is that they get the best out of each other. So here's episode number 10 with Tom Daly. I'm here with Tom Daly, Connacht rugby player, fresh off scoring two tries Friday night against the Bulls. So Tom, you look to be getting better and better in Connacht and going from strength to strength. Why do you think that is? Jeez, I don't know, uh, Moilas. It's good to be on the pod just to start, but... Um... Yeah, listen, since I came down, it's kind of been, things have been getting better and better for me. Um, I think it's just a regular game time I've got here has kind of allowed me to really reach reach my potential. And as well as as well as the game time, just staying injury free. I had a tough time at the start of my career through my years in the academy and stuff with injuries. I had a good few, uh, good few injuries throughout my time in Leinster. And I just had, thankfully, I had a clean bill of health since I arrived in Connacht. I've gone the three seasons I've been here, I haven't I haven't missed a game with injury, so it's just been um a bit of luck through injury and just getting a chance to play regular rugby I think has has allowed me to improve really as a player. Yeah, nice one. And um it looks to be a good buzz there and back in front of a full sports ground. How was that on Friday night after what, eighteen months of COVID and disruptions and yeah, it was a uh, class to be honest. Like you know yourself, more at the sports ground. It's not the biggest stadium. It's not the most flash stadium, but the crowd is on top of you. And the Connacht clan, as they call themselves, or the supporters club here, they're they're a loud bunch and a very passionate bunch of supporters. And there's no better place to play rugby than than when you're winning in the sports ground. And uh, now it was class to have them back on Friday. Um, definitely a bit weird having gone nearly two years without fans. So, um, I think. Uh, the question people were asking most during COVID was what's it like playing playing without without fans but after a few weeks that was kind of the norm and now it's nearly weird having fans back in stadiums like last week over in Cardiff um, their fans really got behind them and you could just see what sort of in, an impact it can have on the game so it was good to have them on our side this week yeah it was great to have them back in stadiums. Yeah and does it make um, a big difference having the crowd going against you going for you like I watch both games I watch the Cardiff game as well and like I kind of see that but like you can't kind of buzz off the energy from an away group can you know they just kind of get on you because it's they're screaming on all the the times that they're getting momentum and yeah and they're screaming at your mistakes and stuff like that which isn't which isn't nice but um even little decisions that may be 50-50 the ref will always 
well he probably shouldn't but like it seems like sometimes they can let that influence their decision making and uh, it's just like yeah it's a completely different story playing away and playing at home having the crowd behind you definitely just gives you that extra lift like if if your team does something good they'll always get behind and that just gives energy to the whole 15 players on the pitch so um, yeah, it definitely does make a difference it, like people will say it shouldn't but it definitely does yeah 100% what's your favourite away trip um I love that. I played down in Toulouse in the Champions Cup. I think I don't think it was last season. I think it was the season before. And just they had a full stadium. They have them drums and uh, the band in the crowd. Mm. And it's just like it's a whole different experience to anything you have this this in Ireland or England. Like it's just kind of like a festival feel in France. And crowd are very passionate about the rugby down there. And that was class. But then obviously playing any of the other Irish provinces, particularly for me, playing against Leinster away is always a, a big occasion for me. And even playing Munster down in Tom, they have a good, good, like passionate crowd behind them as well. So any of them Interpro games are massive. And then if I had to say outside of that, probably any of the big French clubs away in Europe is always a fixture you want to get, want to get selected for. Yeah, 100%. And back in the Champions Cup this year. Yeah, back in the Champions Cup this year, we... I think Leicester and Stade Francais, so that Stade Francais fixture looks fairly luxurious. That'll be one of it. Training hard, yeah. training hard that week to get in, get in for that. So, uh, no, it's the Champions Cup is just it's like a it's a different buzz altogether. Like you're playing against the best teams in Europe, and kind of it is the rugby equivalent of the Champions League in soccer. It's just that kind of like big, big occasion, big crowd, a lot of people watching on TV. So it's definitely a different buzz around them weeks. Yeah, for sure. And um, you can feel the difference in intensity, can you, when you go from the Pro 14 URC into a Champions Cup week? Yeah. And like, as I said, with the crowd affecting it, you probably shouldn't. You should be, every game should be as important as each other. And they are as important as each other. But just that when you go into Europe, it's just a different buzz. Like I remember, I I never played European rugby in Leinster. I only played uh, URC. And I remember my first European game in Connacht was in the sports ground against Montpellier a couple of years ago and um, just run, running out to that music the music that you hear on TV as a kid the champ or the European Cup music that's so like everyone knows that it. it's on every ad and at the start of every game just hearing that played and you're running out to it it just it was clat it was such a weird but cool feeling and um, just little things like that because it's when you're watching rugby as a kid, it's the they're the games that you'd be really want to watch. Like some of the Pro 14 fixtures mightn't be as enticing to watch, but you'll you'll always uh, make sure you're free on a Saturday to watch the Heineken Cup. So hmm. it's just it's just a different different buzz altogether. It's class. Yeah, and do you kind of get to enjoy matches and like have fun? Like so, say going to Toulouse or like running out, like you say there, running out in a Champions Cup game, and it's like, oh, this is cool. You kind of do you get to enjoy it or I suppose once the ball is kicked off is it kind of narrow tunnel vision do you get me yeah I do I do it's definitely something I've probably got better at the more I've comfortable I've got playing at this level I remember at the start of my career particularly when I was in Leinster for the first couple of years I wouldn't I'd play one game and I might not play for another seven eight weeks and then you might get thrown in in a random game or thrown on the bench and you'd be so nervous and eager to impress in that one game that you, you couldn't really relax and enjoy it at all but but since I've come to Connacht I've got to play more regularly and obviously I'm, I want to play my best every week but it's just you kind of get more comfortable at that level like now like when I was younger I would have seen my regular level as I, I would have played lots of AIL with you Moylet in, in Lansdowne and I was playing mm. playing for Lansdowne week in week out and then I might get thrown into the odd Leinster game here and there and it would be such a big a big occasion for me whereas this year the last couple of years I've been playing Pro 14 Champions Cup week in week out and I feel like that's my level now and I'm, I'm comfortable at that level so I can kind of maybe enjoy enjoy the games a little bit more because although there's the same amount riding on it I just feel more comfortable in that pressure environment and um, it's the, yeah like to, to be honest like once the whistle's blown you might not like you don't really get to enjoy the whole occasion of it every game is just you're you're there to win and you, you you give everything on the pitch to win but then I suppose the lead up to the game in warm-ups and stuff and and, and then big games you can definitely feel the atmosphere building around in the stadium and and then the bit I enjoy the most is after a win the the hour 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 and a half you have in the changing room with the lads after a good win like that's it's the best feeling in the world because you've worked hard with these lads all week and like just Friday night there in the changing room after that win it was such a good buzz around it around with the lads and 
enjoy a few beers after the game and then I'll go back at it again on Monday then again. Yeah, nice one. No, for sure, playing con- consistently and regularly. And I think the safety as well of knowing that you're going to be playing makes a huge difference. Like, I don't know, when I was playing with Lansdowne, like I get a game or two for the first and it's you kind of know that you're probably going to be out again next week. You're The equivalent of you at Leinster, we'll say. Yeah. But you're like trying so hard to impress. But then the flip side of that is when you're playing week in, week out and you just know you're going to start, you can relax a little bit. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And and. Again, you probably shouldn't. You should never relax because there's always lads in your position who are just as good, and they're dying to get into the jersey. But like once, I just feel like once you're kind of you know the coach trusts you in that position, and you know he'll play you, and he's not like taking a gamble on you when he's picking you in that jersey. You, you have the coach's trust, and he he knows you're comfortable in that in that environment. I think that goes a long way with you being more comfortable in in playing games and training. So, um, I think that was a big thing when I came out to Connacht, like a, from. It obviously took a couple of weeks or even a season for it to get Friendy's full trust and to know that he trusted me in the, in the 12 jersey in Connacht. But I think by now I know that he knows my value and he'll, um, he's comfortable playing me. He's not, he's, he's not maybe taking a risk to see how I go in that jersey, whereas that was probably the case when I was trying to, trying to prove myself in Leinster when I was young lad. Yeah, no, but for sure it does. You need, that, um, you need to feel like you're able to make a mistake. Definitely, you know what yeah. I mean? To be able to play rugby. Exactly. Well. Exactly. Especially yourself, Moilet, when you were doing quick taps and chips off, off penalties from the second yeah, row. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, well I got a few I got a few words from Mike Ruddock, so I had to stop that to make sure I stayed in the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know I know exactly what you mean. Like I I'm probably trying things in games now that like there was, there wouldn't be a fear of me trying when I was playing for Leinster, like I'll I don't know, like stuff like putting through like attacking kicks and stuff that has become a kind of a kind of had point of difference for me as a center would be my kicking game and when I was in Leinster I was probably half afraid to even try a kick because all I wanted to do was not make a mistake and just do the basics well whereas now I'm so I'm more comfortable at this level and I know that I'm not going to get dropped if I make a mistake or I'm not going to get taken straight off if I make a mistake so definitely what you say there is just not being afraid to try things is is something that comes with uh, regular game time I suppose yeah and it's so it's mad because like the way you say that like, i know like your kicking game is probably as good as any other part of your game like be it off the tee or out of hand but you say there that like understandably you're probably you're focusing on your carrying and getting front football as a 12 and you're like just trying to do that one thing but you can't express your full array of talents because you're afraid of making a mistake and it's it's funny you're afraid of making a mistake with a kick because that's the one thing like oh well, that's not your main job and then because of that you just don't you're not your best self exactly yeah exactly and that was kind of a thing when i came to comic friendy because i came from sevens friendy knew i was i had kicked with the sevens and he knew i was a kicker and he kind of like gave me this license to like he was like we want to use your right boot we know how good it is it can it can help jack or fitzy or whoever's at 10 you can take the pressure off them use use you at second receiver as a kicker so it's just uh, again, it's like comes from the coach trusting you, and that gives you tr- uh, that gives you confidence to go and try these things and use your skills that you are good at. And I think that's important for me because there's a lot of really really good centers in Ireland and a lot of really good ball carrying centers in particular. So I kind of need to show something different if I want to make that next step. And I suppose like kicking and stuff like that is something that I can. I might be, might be better than some of them at, so I need to kind of show that in games. So having that confidence from coaches and stuff is is really helpful for me. Yeah, for sure. And how did they review games? Like, do you ever get given out to for trying things? Or it's funny because I've had coaches like Nigel Carlin, who was unreal in that sense, and he was always encouraged us to offload and to do things, and that's where I got it from. But then. It kind of remember said something like, if it works out, it's the right thing or something like he made sure that you weren't trying to kind of 20, 80 or a 30, 70 one. Yeah. But if it was a 50, 50, he gave you the confidence to do it. And he didn't give out to you if it looked like it was the right option, yeah, if that nah, makes sense. Nah. And I think I'm a coach now and I'm always telling the girls, I coach, like, go for it, go for it. If you just feel like something's on and you think, just don't overthink it, go yeah. for it. And I try to never give out if they make a mistake because then that'll 
they'll be thinking, oh, I won't do it again. But what are the reviews like? Um, no, they're good. Like it, it's, they're very positive in Connacht, to be honest. Uh, the as you said there, they'll rarely give out to you if um, if you think it's the right decision. They won't they won't give out to you for making that decision. And nine times out of ten, like you said, if you think an offload is on, it probably is on. It's just you're not half the time you're afraid to throw it. Like um, Tom Farrell, who you had on a couple of weeks ago, I know that's a massive part of his game. And I always ask him like, how is like how is he so good at offloading? Because we'd be similar size and similar. Thing, but he always has a lot more offloads than me and he just says he just fucks or sorry he just throws them like he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't really he doesn't really think about it and he says like maybe like 30 percent of his offloads go to ground but the fact that he throws so many of them that like 70 percent of them become are unbelievable and it's such a point of difference for him like his offloading would be like my kicking say it's his point of difference and within centers in ireland and it's so effective it's such an effective skill so um it's definitely something that I'd be work, I'd be working on offloading to off, getting tips off him, and he'd work on his kicking, getting tips off me. So I think it's it's um definitely a thing that you should uh, play to your strengths. But coming back to your question, sorry, I went on a tangent there. Um, the reviews are pretty good in Connacht. Like it's hard to explain, but we have a base game where like in certain areas of the pitch, there's certain things the coaches want, and once you stick to that and stick to that system, they're happy what you do within that system is totally up to yourself and you'll never get in trouble for for uh, trying something as long as it's not something very stupid that you know yourself is wrong but if it's mm. a, an offload or you're trying a kick and it doesn't go off you're never going to get in trouble for something like that yeah that's good and um so you mentioned there tom farland you boys would have played together at leinster 20s irish 20s um lansdowne for what we kind of played together four years, even lands on twenties, lands yeah. on seniors, and now at Connacht, so all the way through, and I can see the kind of connection that you have, even in the Connacht jersey. But it's it's obvious for me. But um, talk to me about that pairing that you have. Do you feel more comfortable with him having played for so long with him versus if a new center comes in? Yeah, like it's weird. Like I just lads even say it here like it's just weird whenever we play together we seem to both play really well so there's obviously some sort of connection there um whether it's the fact that we've been playing together we have been playing together since we were under 19s i think so we would have played you went through it all there but like that's probably like the good to six or seven years before we he came, he went to england first and then went to connacht where i stayed a couple of years in leinster longer and uh I remember coming down here, my first cap down here was I uh, played with Tom against Munster and he had a really, really good game and I I had a decent game as well and it kind of just like, it was like we hadn't we hadn't not played together in a long time, but no, it's it's nice and the fact that we're, we'd be good mates as well outside of rugby, which I think helps as well because you just want to get the best out of each other and the best for each other on the, pit, on the pitch as well and it was funny that um, I put up an, an Instagram post and um, the other day of me jumping on him after he scored his try but I actually got that his mum sent that picture to my mum and she was just like they're just like <laughs> so happy with it, that they're back playing together yeah, and stuff yeah. so and he's had a tough time through injuries obviously over the last year or two so it is great to have him back but like I'm sure it does have some sort of impact the fact that we've played together for so long but um I think just the style of play like he he's not afraid to have a go I like running off him and I suppose I kind of might give him the front football and a bit of a more of an opportunity for him to have a go on the outside channels then as well. So I think it's just a nice combination of skills we have between the two of us as well. So it's handy, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, is is it kind of not to be given away the kind of game plan or whatever or any game plan, but it, do you kind of play off people versus stick into rigid scripts like? You know the kind of combination like oh Jack inside me does this, Tom outside me does that. Is there kind of more like knowing the guy either side of you and how they like to play versus going, we're hitting this rook, then that rook, then we're going this way. Yeah. Do you get me? Yeah, I do get you. And it's definitely this season in particular has gone very much away from say twelve, seven and one are in this rook, three, four, five around the corner, thirteen holes wide. It's we're kinda of gone away from that kind of last year we would have had a, a good bit of structure to our game, but we have a new coaching team in this year and they kind of want to play a more unstructured game. And I think with the players we have, like you mentioned there, Jack and Faz, like they're probably two of the most off-the-cuff players in the country. And I think when you have players like that in your team, particularly Jack, who's going to be our quarterback or our playmaker, like if you have him and he's 
he plays I think Jack plays his best he'll say it himself when he's off the cuff and trying things that he's not afraid to mm. he'll do things that other tens won't do I think you kind of have to play to your strengths and I think I think I hope it showed a little bit more on Friday that with some of our attacking and some of our unstructured attack I think it was pretty good like offloads throwing and lads running lines that maybe you might not see other teams do because they're in such a strict uh, 3-4-3 or 3-3-2-1 or whatever sort of shapes they're playing kind of yeah so um yeah, I think I think hopefully this year you'll see a lot more kind of unstructured free for all attack from Connacht, and um, I think that just plays to, to to our strength because some of the individuals we have in our team are, are probably play at their best when they're like that. I think you you'd flourish yeah. in a system like that yourself, Moylet. <laughs> I think so. Maybe get on the friend onto me there. I'm back playing now. I had a game yesterday. Went well, so yeah, I'll send them over the tape. Yeah, send a few clips over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned there about the. It was just different centres in Ireland or whatever, and you got picked for Ireland over the summer. How was how was that? How was I suppose getting the the message first of all, getting into the squad? Uh it was class. Like like you know yourself, I, I had a tough enough time in Leinster. I was a million miles away from any Irish squad. I was struggling to make a Leinster eighteen by the end of my time in Leinster. So just from the lot, like I came down to Connacht in Christmas in twenty eighteen. So what is it, two and a half years ago now? And just them two and a half years ago I've come on so much and last year in particular I just got a a really good run of games um I think after the first game of the season I, I played every game and things were just going my way and I knew coming towards the end of the season I'd be pretty close to that squad I was I um had a good run of form and then um we kind of we had to Connacht had to wait back for two weeks because we finished a bit earlier than, than the other provinces just the way the season fell and there was a few of us held back training. I think there was like 10 of us held back who were like in with a shout of being in the squad. So you didn't actually know. So that was like a tough enough two weeks because lads were on holidays and you were just hoping you'd get selected. And then eventually one Sunday afternoon, the email came through and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was absolutely delighted. And because it was so far away from me for, for so many years, I wasn't even thinking of an Irish squad. I just wanted to continue being a professional rugby player and for it to all happen within the last few years, it kind of happened very quickly. And eventually like uh, I'm a lot older than a lot of people who'd be going into camp for the first time so it was just a nice it was a really good confidence booster and it was nice just to see the season rewarded last year yeah and did you always know that you had the potential to get to that level um yeah like I I, especially when I was younger I thought I definitely knew I had the ability to get there but there was definitely a few tough years in Leinster where things weren't going my way and particularly that last year in Leinster when uh, I had just come back from that ACL injury and I was, was lads like a lot younger than me getting picked ahead of me and it didn't look like anything was coming up and I was like considering packing in rugby altogether but um, just luckily Connacht needed a, a centre at, at a time and and things just fell my way and got a lot of game time that first year and signed a, an extension and um yeah, I haven't really looked back since. So, like, I I did always believe I had the potential, but there was definitely years of doubt and times when I thought, like, I would definitely wouldn't have made it this far. So it's just, uh, I always say that that phone call from Friendly on that, whenever it was, December 2018, just reigniting my, my rugby career. It was probably slowly fizzling out at that time, but uh, I was just lucky and things fell my way. Yeah, I was looking back over our messages. I remember chatting to you a couple of years ago, and was it November eighteen? You were just sussing out going through the states to study and play, and seeing if there were options there. And then, as you say, December eighteen, you're playing with Connacht, and then you're in Ireland squads, yeah. and then you're here now. It's... Yeah, like it was a tough time because obviously I hadn't played in so long in Leinster, and. Uh... You probably think coming from Leinster, you're always going to have options to go somewhere, but I just hadn't played enough rugby, and and there was maybe one or two things in the championship, but like I, I, at that stage, I think I was like 26 or 25 at that stage, I was just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not bothered going to play that level now. I'd rather go get a masters in America. Like I see, like what you and Ty Leader and stuff like seem to be having such a good time over there, and if you can study at the same time, like it's kind of you're killing two birds at one stone, and um so yeah i was looking into all avenues all avenues and um yeah just lucky that that came up and kind of i think the fresh environment as well just gave me like a new hunger and and um a kick kick started my career again really yeah yeah awesome and 
with the Ireland squad, you got in, obviously, but then didn't get capped. So how how was that? It must have been a bit frustrating. Yeah, it was. It was extremely tough because I thought, like, going in, like, I just thought I had been selected on the back of a really good season and probably wanted to stand out. Sent, like, I'm trying not to, don't want to sound cocky about it, but like, I probably wanted to form centres in the country at the time and things seemed to just fall my way with Robbie and Bundy both getting selected for the Lions. So two twelves were gone out of the squad. Um, yeah. And I just thought like, um, I knew Stu McCluskey has been, he's a class player and he's been there years. I knew he'd probably play one of the games, but I thought they might have give him him one game and me the American game, but it wasn't to be anyway. And um, yeah, it was like very disappointing because he saw so many other lads making their debuts and lads who maybe hadn't had as good a year as I had, but um Listen, I had a good chat with Andy Farrell in there and he um, gave me reasons as to why he wasn't picking me and he just said just five or six games in the URC before we picked the November squad. So the only thing you can do now is go and play as best as you can in them and make it impossible for us not to pick you in that, in that camp. And he said the fact you've been in here now for two, two or three weeks will stand to you in the next selection process. So we'll see what happens Um I'm not like it's not to be all and end all of getting back in there. I'm enjoying my rugby and Connacht, and things are going well here. So, if I get into Ireland squad again, it'd be it would be brilliant and it would be um, a dream come true again. But I'm not gonna beat myself up over it or let it affect me. Hopefully, too much. Yeah, yeah. And do you um, set goals along the way? Like you're saying that you got into Connacht and then you're just happy to play rugby or happy to play regular game time, and then you started playing really well and then you, the next thing happens like do you look do you kind of look down the road and say I want to do that I want to do that I want to do that or are you kind of um taking it game by game like how do you kind of drive yourself motivate yourself no I, I would set goals we have um we actually have a performance skills coach is, is his title in Connacht he's like a uh a sports psychologist sort of um is his is his uh, degree or whatever but he's real good he's from australia and he kind of we kind of all have one-on-one meetings with him but i kind of wanted goal setting to be my one i want to work on and he kind of shows you how to set proper goals like you can always just write down i want to play for ireland i want to play for the lions i want to win trophies but he kind of shows you the process and getting to them goals like what do you need to do on the training pitch what do you need to do outside the rugby with your diet with your recovery that's going to help you to play for Ireland. So that's something I've been working on. And um, of course, I have the goals that I want to play for Ireland, that I want to win the pro URC with Connacht. But um, there's like loads of small goals and like planning your week and what you're going to do in that week to make you get there. That that goes into that. So that's something I'm getting better with. And I think you can always improve because the mental side of the game is such a big thing that, and it's relatively new to rugby. Um, a lot of coaches still probably don't mm. don't recognize the value in it. And yeah. We're lucky that Friendy does, and he headhunted this fella, uh, Jack Bertwistle is his name, and he's in with, in with us now and doing a really good job. So um, uh, it's definitely something I'm going to improve on over the next number of years, but it's something that I'm working hard to get better at. Yeah. And what kind of process is it, say, around goal setting? So he'd be like, so you want to play for Ireland? And then he'd be like, why aren't you playing for Ireland? Well, there's centres ahead of me in the country. What do you? What do I need to do to get better at them? So whether that's my kicking or my tackling, he'd be like, okay, so when in the week are you going to do this to get better? And then you have like a weekly planner and it's just like he brings it all back to square one. And then he'd be like, um, I don't know, like stuff like nutrition, what are you doing outside? That little 1% so you can find around the place to make yourself better and make yourself as good as them centers who are ahead at the minute. So it's just like stuff that you know already, but like just putting it into like kind of organized and when you're writing it down, then you can kind of tick it off at the end of the week. Okay. I've done my 20 goal kicks this week. I know if I'm called upon to kick this weekend, I'll be ready. And that's a, that's a thing that I have on other centers in Ireland who don't kick stuff like that. So it's just like hmm. making sure you have everything done within the week so you can perform as good as you want at the weekend. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like, um, yeah, seeing on the things that you need to improve on mm-hmm. to get there and then implementing them daily. And then the weekly planner means that you don't miss it out. Yeah. So you don't start letting weeks slip by. So you say, hey, I need to do two goal kicking sessions. I need to do two recovery sessions. I need to do yeah. have this diet. Yeah. And when you write it all down, you can just take it off day by day by day. And then you know that you're you're doing the work that you need to do to 
get that reward exactly and then like come friday when you're looking back at your plan from the week you'll be that little bit more confident going into the game on saturday you'll be like i've done everything i can now i'm ready and i've done my homework there's not much more i can do so you'll just feel good about yourself going into the game so i think that's that's a big big part of the game as well you want to be confident and you want to have the head right going into it yeah that's a huge thing isn't it preparation like when you kind of know that you've done the work in preparation in in the week leading up you've done the prep you're like oh well i've, I've done all i can do so yeah. may as well just have a crack and now. that's probably something i've improved a lot over the last year or two like maybe when i was playing for lansdale i just turn up on a saturday and hopefully like hope i had a good game like i wouldn't be have been like putting down specific things i want to work on and train in that week or i definitely yeah. wasn't looking after my diet as much as i was now or wasn't looking after my body as much and that probably comes with age as well you have to look after yourself that little bit more like when you're a young lad you can do whatever you want and, mm. and just turn up on saturday yeah and eat play. whatever you want exactly yeah drink whatever you want yeah. as well but yeah you just have to be that little bit more more careful of what you're doing and like your time outside or rugby as well like what you're doing on your off time you don't want to be running around like a lunatic when you're training the next day so it's just being smart and being as good as you can for training every day yeah i think even the same just playing now but I find it incredible the difference in performance when you're eating right, sleeping right, yeah. not or drinking as much or whatever. Yeah. But like I, when you're a young fella, like that, even when I was playing with Lansdowne as well, like just eating shite the night before, like pizzas and this yeah. and waking up then at like 10 o'clock, having a, a lion and just, you know, and then you rock down and you have a, you think you're grand, but yeah. You know, it's only when you when you start cleaning all that stuff up that you realize how much better you feel and how much better you can play. Sure, I was joking with, with Pete Dooley, who you'd know yourself the other day. Like there was times yeah. when we'd be playing for Lansdowne under twenties, and like you go out midweek and co- like to be a college night, and you'd be like, Jesus, oh, yeah. you go for a look, have a few pints, and like you'd, yeah. you'd show up on Saturday then, and like you'd play grand, but like there's no way, like I don't know how you do it when you're young, but there's no way you can do stuff like that now. No, uh, no, and there's no way you'd be like. There's no way you're at like peak performance no. either going out for a few beers on a Wednesday no. and then. But like you don't notice it when you're that young and stuff. So I don't know. No, you think you're grand. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned there, I'm just goal kicking and getting the kicks in during the week. What, um, what would uh, your, say, weekly goal kicking routine be or how much would you do? Because I'm kind of aware that you can overdo it, can't yeah. you? And you can hurt your groin. So do you have to be kind of really careful with your warm up and then with having only a certain amount of kicks in a session yeah well i'd be different to like jack fitzy our tens here would spend a lot of time goal kicking i think it's because they've done it there well like i've goal kicked my whole career but i've rarely been the first choice goal kicker in a team so i, tr- I tend to not like over practice i'll always do a kicking session on a wednesday on the day off um where i'll hit all sorts of kicks like restart because i cover 10 quite a lot in connacht um we're lucky Jack is very durable and he rarely gets injured. So I'm usually just covering it just in the case of an emergency. But uh, I have mm-hmm. stepped in there a few times and I just always want to be ready. If it does happen early in the game, I feel comfortable. So on a Wednesday, I do a kicking session with um, with the 10s and Mossy Lawler, who's our like skills coach and backs coach here. He's really good. And we kind of do like all sorts of kicks. So like restarts, clearance kicks, penalties to touch and goal kicking as well. And then I'll probably hit maybe eight to ten goal kicks on a Monday after training and then after the captain's run as well I'd hit maybe eight to ten or twelve kicks it depends on depending on the week depending if I'm going to be goal kicking that week I might do a little bit more but I would tend to not over practice as you said I wouldn't do as much as the lads do like they might Jack and Fitzy do probably kick every day after the session and probably hit I don't know maybe 15 kicks every day as, as well so I tend to do maybe mm. two two to three days a week which um be a little bit less than them but i definitely try to stay on top of it because it's definitely a valuable skill to have and coaches looking at favorably as well if if they're if they if they're if they're thinking of if there's a tight call between you and someone else if you have that goal kicking and stuff in your your back pocket it's definitely something they look favorably on yeah for sure i'd say people like lee halfpenny and different people throughout the I don't know, just watching rugby, like him playing at 15, like he's definitely playing at 15 because his kicking is so good, yeah, you know, oh, like yeah. back throughout the years. Yeah. And these other guys that play on the wing and play outside of 10, if they can kick, it's like they're get they're kind of yeah. getting that nod. Definitely, yeah. And like get someone selected for Lions and stuff like that just because he's such a, like half any, like he's a good player, but like there's definitely better fullbacks out there that could be on the pitch instead. But the fact that he's such a good goal kicker, he's gone. Yeah. 
for sure. And how do you find kicking in games? Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy getting called upon? Yeah, I, I, I love it. it I love it. Stressful or uh, no? It's not. It's, I, I for some reason I just I love that. I love the the pressure probably because uh, it probably doesn't happen too often, and there's probably not as much pressure on me to nail them as uh, when I do. So, but luckily I've been. I think I've had maybe 17 kicks in, since I've come to Connacht. I think a, a pretty high percentage. I think I've got like 15 out of 17 or something since I've come. And it's come in different. Like I might have like one one or two in a random game if Jack goes off earlier. It was one or two games last year where I think Edinburgh away, I ended up playing like 70 minutes of 10. And it was like probably one of my best games of the year. I think it was because it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, less pressure on me because people probably, like I remember, my mom was saying, the commentators were like, thought it was so weird that you were playing 10 and stuff because people don't actually know yeah. that, know, know that I trained there and stuff. So, um, nah, it was, it's it's something that I enjoy doing and I would have done a lot of it in underage teams. I would have been the first choice goal kicker for well, all my age group teams. But um, just as you come into the professional teams, the 10s tend to be the first choice goal kicker and I've played with a lot of good 10s and a lot of good kickers. So, um, I probably haven't had as much opportunity as I would have liked, but it's nice in Connacht and that friendly trust me to to cover that position and cover the kick and duties if um, if something was to happen to Jack or Fitzy. Yeah, and do you enjoy stepping in a ten? Um, yeah, no, I, you I wouldn't really have done it in Leinster. No, I wouldn't. Do I wouldn't too much. I wouldn't have done it that much in Leinster either. But it's just um, something that I did once. Like it, it kind of happened when. There was no one else in Connacht. Like, it kind of happened like randomly that I had to do it one day and then did it the next week and it c- c- did pretty well. And then Connacht kind of thought that, like, what's the point when we have... Do we, because there's a lot of good centres in Connacht and they, they kind of thought, like, well, we can have another centre on the bench if we have Tom playing because he can cover 10. And Jack is also very durable and rarely gets injured touch wood. So they're kind of, they're kind of happy just to be able to maybe have, like, a an, an extra bit of... Uh, impact off the bench than having a sub 10 so it's kind of worked out yeah. well for me it means I end up in more squads so I'm happy enough with it yeah for sure um, if you could reverse the time back would you do anything differently in Leinster uh, probably would have left earlier if I could <laughs> would have been would you yeah, yeah definitely it would have been a, I think it would have been a, if the opportunity came to come to Connacht or come to a different club where I would play more regularly earlier in my career it would definitely have been a smart decision but um like obviously there's going to be these got the guys like Gary Ringrose, James Ryan, Jordan Armour who come out of school and they're so good that they're going to go straight into the straight into playing pro rugby like as in they're going to get into the 23 and eventually they're going to make their way into the starting team but then there's other lads who go into an academy and spend three years in an academy playing AIL rugby which is a great standard for anyone in an academy but if you could go to Connacht and get maybe four or five, six caps while you're in the academy, um, I don't. I think it's just a no-brainer. Like a young fella, Sam Elo, he's a tight head prop from the twenties this year from Leinster, but Connacht offered him a senior deal, and he's come down now, st- skipped academy straight into our senior squad, and he's injured at the minute, but I'm sure he'll get a, pick up a couple of caps in uh, in the next in the next few months. So um, I just think like. I'd, like if I had come earlier, I'd have instead of having fifty kind of caps, I might have a hundred kind of caps by now, and I just think it, mm. it would have been a smart decision for me because the centre in Leinster is also so stacked as well, and it was it was hard to get game time. So I don't know. Like you can, there's always things you'd say you do differently, but listen, things are going well now, so I won't look back. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, and um, it's hard though. Like yeah, growing up playing the underage there yeah. and being from Leinster, and you know, yeah. It's probably you probably don't realize how much you can enjoy another environment. Would that be fair? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like growing up in Leinster, they're the best team in Europe. They're winning every year. You just want to be part of that, and you get offered an academy contract in Leinster. You're not going to say no. Like you, very few people would be brave enough to say no. I'm going to go to a different province and try it. You're always going to back yourself to to make it in your home province. But just looking back now, I wish like if an opportunity had come up. Um, when I was a bit younger to move, like it, it didn't, but if it did, it would have been a, I think it would have been a smart decision for me because I look back and then three years in the academy and two, se- two one and a half senior years in Leinster and I played 12 or 13 professional games where I think if maybe I was in a different environment, I might have had like 20 or 30 professional games, hopefully under my mm. belt, which would have been nice. But, uh, and then, that, then the other stuff like Irish camp and stuff might've happened a little bit earlier and I would have had more chance to show myself and, 
things might have played out differently. But listen, things, as I said, things are going well now and I'm lucky to still be able to do what, what I'm doing. And there's hundreds of thousands of people in the country that would love to be in this position to be a professional rugby player. So I think just enjoying, enjoying your time time as, as a professional rugby player is so important. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, you have a degree as well, a science degree, and you're studying physio at the moment, is that right? Yeah, uh, so I did a science degree in UCD when I was in the academy in Leinster, and then, as I said, I got a bad knee injury, and physiotherapy was something I always had a had an interest in, and I knew I was going to miss a whole year of rugby with that knee injury, so I said, there's no better time to start start something now, so I started my degree then, and I got a little bit difficult then, obviously, when the move to Connacht came because uh, I just finished second year of physio and I still had two years to go, so that sl- slowed down my studies a little bit. I was kind of trying to do some online and stuff, but it's, it's difficult with physiotherapy because there's so much practical work and so much work in hospitals. But luckily, last year during COVID hit, and I think every student in the country was raging that colleges were closed down, but I was absolutely delighted <laughs> because the whole thing went online and I ended up, yeah. I ended up getting like, the whole of third year and most of fourth year finished in them 18 months or whatever when the college is closed so I just have a I have one module to do after Christmas and I have a good bit of practical work to do in hospitals but there's no rush on that like I'll be happy enough when I get my exams out of the way so hopefully um I'll have to I'll have one exam next May and if I pass that then that's the coursework done so I'll nearly have a physio degree in my back pocket then as well so it'll hopefully set me up nicely for when the time does come to hang up the boots Jeez, fair play. So you're studying flat out while training yeah. and playing. It was actually all right because there was nothing else to do last year when the, everything was closed. So I'd co- go train and come back, have dinner, and then I'd the lectures would be recorded online from that day so I could catch up on them then in the evening. And um, obviously, like, um, there was a bit of work to it, but and, or especially around exam time because I had, I had like, five or six exams at Christmas and five or six at Christmas at summer. So I just made sure I did I had enough done to pass them because I'm twenty seven now and I, or twenty eight, Jesus, I'm twenty eight now and I just wanted to get I'm I just dying to get this degree out of the way because I've been studying since I was whatever I went to Dublin when I was nineteen or twenty. I've been studying since then and I just I wouldn't mind a year now without without college hanging over me and just yeah, fully yeah. concentrating with me. But like Listen, it'll be worth it in the end when it's when I do retire. I'll have a job to walk into, hopefully. So, yeah, and that's what you want to do, physio? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought fully. Well, I have thought about it, but I don't. I'm not actually fully sure what I want to do. But I could see, hopefully, if it is physio that I end up doing, I'd love to open my own practice, have like a sports injury kind of center with kind of like a S and C kind of rehabby sort of center for young athletes who are injured and stuff like that something like that maybe a private yeah. clinic something that i can use my background knowledge and that i've built up over the last 10 or 12 years in professional rugby and hopefully i'll have a good bit of knowledge built up by then that i can kind of somehow incorporate strength and conditioning side of rugby into injury prevention and rehab something like that maybe yeah no for sure that'd be class um would you like to play anywhere i know everything's going great in Connacht and all that and um, but like before you finish would you like to play anywhere else yeah definitely I think um it's definitely something I've thought about and definitely something that I would like to do because I think um I think rugby is like a, it's like there's not many jobs that you can just get offered decent money to go play in the south of France or go play in London or go play in somewhere else around the world like most people yeah. are in their jobs and they kind of have to stick in that job if they want to progress and stuff. And it's very rare you can like move somewhere like luxurious like that and play rugby for a living. So I think for sure it's something that I would love to do do down the line. Of course, now things are going well in Connacht, but um, my girlfriend who's actually in the process of moving to Galway now, she spent the last year in London and she loved it and she just just uh talking to her and the experience of trying something new as she just said it grows you as a person like and it'll stand to you in the future try putting yourself out of your comfort zone so i think definitely um something something down the line like i'm happy in connacht now and things are going well but i think you'd be mad not to consider something if something did come up down the line yeah 
Yeah, for sure. No, I found it myself even. Like, I was so comfortable in Dublin, so comfortable playing yeah. with Lansdowne. And then the opportunity came up and I was like, oh, no, I don't think so. And then I just kind of had to do it. And yeah. then since then, it's, yeah, I've just loved it, the travel. Exactly. And I was looking at Quinn Rue, um, who moved to, to Lana and just seeing him and his wife's stories on Instagram. You're just like, oh, my God. Like, he's living on, in a house on a cliff, looking over the sea with a pool in his back garden, playing <laughs> in the sun every week. It's, you'd be mad. You'd be mad not to, not to, to consider it yeah yeah for sure and um you have an agent do you uh yeah i do yeah yeah so did you have the agent in leinster and do they chat to you about say your career progression and you know though you're saying they're like oh i i would have probably left earlier because i wasn't getting game time but did you have that agent then and do they kind of chat to you about that stuff or is it just like oh your contract's coming up in six months will i renew it or how, how much interaction do you have with i changed agent recently but my in leinster because i wasn't playing that regularly it probably was it probably wasn't too much coming up and like you're coming off the academy like you're not really going to have massive offers from other countries like you get a development in leinster you sign that and then um that was the year i got injured and then leinster luckily saw something in me i didn't get to play that year but they renewed it for another year and then then it was around that time that Connacht rang. So like the, while I was in Leinster, there probably wasn't too much opportunity to actually leave unless it was one of the other Irish provinces who had seen me as a, as a young lad or something, which was mm. luckily the case for Connacht. But um, over the last like last season and this season, there's been like little bits of talk here and there. And yeah, the agent would always like refer it back to you. But I was in, in contract last year, so I couldn't really do anything anyway. But he would he would tell you like, oh, this club has inquired about you. Um, keep doing what you're doing. and. Um, I'm sure it'll be offers this season now when I'm my contract is up. So in the in the process now, so I'm hoping for a, a few emails come flooding in now in the next few weeks that I can yeah, yeah. maybe use used my used my uh, benefits. So um, no, listen, they they would be in touch and um, they're always on the lookout for you. And I'm sure, like I hope he's working hard for me to get me the best possible deal or best possible offer he can get for me. Yeah, so when you were asking about career progression like uh at the end of last year he was kind of telling like he was like you're going to be in with a shout at the Irish squad like um I'd be very surprised if you weren't in the squad so like continue like just keep like as in like they'll plan ahead like that like if I was off contract this year or like last year say he probably would have convinced convinced me to stay in Connacht because he probably would have saw an Irish gap coming or if that's something I wanted he would have he would have talked to me about that. Like they're not, it's not like they're greedy and they just want what's best for them. They do want what's best for you as well. Mm. Yeah. And who who's your agent? Uh, Darren O'Leary is his name. He's, he works for YMU. He's actually, ba- I moved to a UK based agency just because I think like if, if you are looking to leave, you probably want someone in the UK or someone based in France that like can get you them offers. Whereas I got my old agent was Irish and he did a great job for me and all, but, most of his connections were in Ireland and if he wanted to get quote me in France or something I think he has to work through a French agent whereas the agent I'm with now works with works together with a, they have a French agent in, in the agent it's like a big agency who looks after a lot of players so I just think it's uh it's probably a right decision for me at the time yeah yeah and do they do much outside of like contracts do they help with any sponsorship or do they talk to you about that kind of stuff yeah they'd have like Boot a deal stuff like yeah, yeah they'd have like a a girl who's so the agent is based in England but they have a girl located in Galway who looks after the kind of sponsorship stuff and uh yeah the boots and stuff like that so like they'd always be on the lookout for things for you um and then she also like would like say if I wasn't in college now and I wanted to I don't know do work experience or something to look after stuff like that like they'll bring businesses or whatever your interest Mm -hmm. is and try to put the they'd have a big impact or a big influence on life after rugby and they'd have a big focus on that and they'll always make sure you're looking like it's, it's the same way and um, the rugby players association work very hard on uh on getting players set up for life after rugby the agency i moved to now are quite big on that as well and they're real good with that so but the fact i'm in college obviously i'm just trying to finish my degree i'm not looking at doing any work experience or anything outside of that yet i just want to get that degree and then i'll start worrying about stuff like that yeah yeah um, and do you get free boots, yeah? Yeah, you get it. the most important. That thing. is the most important thing, and I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't getting them at my last agent, but I, I'm not, that wasn't, oh. that wasn't any, uh, any deal on, killer on what I, what I changed. But uh, yeah, you get, you get, I think I'm not sure if there's a limit, but like a 
she's this woman that you just text and send what boots you want and she sends them to you so it's pretty pretty nice way to have it what size is size 12 i might send you my address you can send over an old pair there just send on a, a link on love out what you want there <laughs> yeah will do um have you had any mentors in your career like people that had give you decent advice or that you turn to for a bit of advice uh definitely since i came down here bundy has been a massive help to me and uh like i don't know like i know like we're competing for the same jersey but he's always so like generous with his time and with his advice and stuff like that and the fact like uh, you can probably tell he's so passionate about connacht and like he's so grateful for what connacht gave him and he just wants to give back to the club and and um no, he's definitely been a, a massive, a massive uh, help to me. Even um, when I came down first, he was so welcoming and stuff, and he looked after me. And um, he's just like he's so like rugby smart, and that's definitely something I'm working on as well. Like like what way to defend in in certain set pieces, and like what what if I do this here, what's their defense going to do? And that's something that I think he can always improve on. But he seems to he just kind of gets the game and gets gets all then like kind of small bits and stuff so um i definitely pick up stuff off him and then um and then like i wouldn't call them mentors but like i've josh adam and duels who i would have lived with in leinster for like last for five or six or seven years together and they'd be like my three best mates really so um i knew i know like when i had that tough time with leinster and stuff they were always like really good to me like they were playing week in week out with leinster and i was just sitting in the sands every week it was tough enough but like they were all so sad to me about that and and I know Adam is going through a pretty tough time now with injuries. He's been out for like two years and I'd often be on the phone to him. Um, we'd catch up weekly or every two weeks on the phone and like, hopefully he's coming back next week, I think. So I'm looking forward to seeing him back. But like, I think it's just important to have like good group of friends around you because as good as rugby is, there's always going to be tough times. And um, I think people see it as this like luxurious dream job. And it is, we're very lucky to do what we do, but it can be very tough as well when you're not getting selected or if you're injured or if you're getting dropped and stuff like that, it can affect your mood for weeks. So um, I think it's important, important to have a good support network around you. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And um, you mentioned Bundy there. Yeah. I love Bundy since he joined Connacht, such a legend. Um, And Connacht have just had such an upturn since he joined and not just him, but other things where he's had a huge impact. Um, And, have you ever been in a squad where people aren't kind of helping each other? You know, they're like, you obviously are literally going for the same jersey, um, but he has helped you so much. Is that kind of throughout the Connick squad? Is that talked about that you need to help each other? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it probably is, is talked about, but there's always going to be lads who are like, there's often like, I don't know, scraps break out in training when lads aren't picked and stuff like it's yeah, normal. Yeah. Like lads are gonna be angry when they're not picked, but like come Thursday then when it's the last session before the game, I think everyone's <laughs> on the same boat, like the the team training against the opposition just want to do what's right to get to get the team ready. So I think like it's it's a hard thing to police and like there's always gonna be lads frustrated and angry, but I think I think you can't really like be angry at the person who took your jersey you can be angry at the coaches for selecting them and stuff but like you can't mm. you can't like not like the other centers in the squad i think that's like a toxic environment and luckily that's not really the environment here in Connacht at all i don't think there's any positions where like lads really like don't like each other so it's like actually and it's, yeah. a, it's a smaller squad here than the say the leinster squad i was in and like it's it's kind of a younger squad there's not like a, a lot of lads are around that like kind of 25 to 30 age group and and um yeah it's just like a pretty tight-knit squad so yeah i don't think that really comes into it yeah no yeah it is kind of toxic when like people are holding back and not helping out the younger guy you yeah. know what i mean in yeah. fear that they'll take their jersey but like coaches don't want a guy like that either exactly exactly and it's just to- like just kind of builds a toxic environment and and like yeah you did, like you won't last long in a professional team interacting like that so i think um it's just no. you kind of have to just put the team first and like you think you might think that coaches don't see them things but like they always do like they'll they'll notice people who aren't aren't working hard for the team 100 percent. 
Um, yeah, you've been brilliant with your time. I'll let you go shortly. But what are the scraps like? Are they good old school ones where there's punches flying? There has, there's been a few now since I like they were in Leinster as well. I think I'm sure they're in every professional team. But like, uh, there's I remember I won't name names, but like Christmas Eve, we trained Christmas Eve like I think two seasons ago, and so one lad like something happened in a rock, but then like within like seconds it was like 15 men brawling on the ground like it was like pretty loose uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I won't mention names but like yeah there's there's been a few pretty hefty punch-ups in my time yeah you might think that that wouldn't happen in professional sport but yeah it does happen because it obviously means so much for people to play and like like i know i said there there's not going to be animosity towards the person in your jersey but like you're going to want to train better than him so you can show the coach that oh you should have picked him you should have picked me over him but it, it does happen yeah yeah for sure and that environment like is so kind of high octane or high you know yeah. there's tempers flare yeah, and it's definitely. yeah i can imagine for sure yeah. yeah um just a couple more questions um yeah. what advice would you give to a young player today uh i would say enjoy it first and foremost i know what i was saying earlier it's hard to enjoy it if you're if there's a lot of pressure on that game but do your best to enjoy it and if you're lucky enough to be in a professional or semi-professional environment, just cherish it because it won't last long. It doesn't last long. Like I, I like I look back now and I'm, t- I'm 28 now. Like I'm probably coming into the the second stage of my career now. Whereas like two or three years ago, I would have thought I was a young lad in the squad. And just like changes like that, that you're kind of a senior member of the squad and you're kind of thinking you kind of have to start thinking like oh listen i have to look after myself first now and it's not just i'm not just here for the ride now anymore i'm, I'm it's proper serious stuff now so i say just enjoy it and then uh maybe what else would i say yeah just like work really hard on your core skills and work on what you're good at maybe i know a lot of people would say like work on what you're bad at but i think working on what you're really good at is important because that's your point of difference and if you can show what you're good at that's going to be what's going to get you into teams and get you selected on teams so like work on your strengths and make them a complete weapon of yours and and obviously work on your weaknesses as well but don't forget about your strengths yeah awesome no that's brilliant i was going to say as well as anything you know now that you wish you knew at the start of your career but maybe that's anything kind else? of similar yeah probably similar yeah like like i said earlier maybe like if i if i knew that i wasn't going to play as much in leinster i probably would have looked for something earlier to maybe try challenge myself in a new environment and something like that but uh yeah listen uh, yeah that sort of stuff (laughs) it's all worked out it's working out so far yeah yeah thankfully yeah hey but thanks emil for the time really appreciate it and uh been unreal catching up yeah you too well it was good to be on and best of luck with the with everything else that's going going well for you in the future really enjoyed catching up with tom as we chatted about in the pod we played together at lansdowne so tom left school the year after me so we played in the lansdowne 20s team for one year and we won the all ireland under 20s that year And then we played together for about two years in the Lansdowne senior team and won an All-Ireland League Division 1A title in 2015, which was a pretty good team. We had Peter Dooley at Loosehead, who plays at Leinster now, Tyg Byrne in the row, who was on the Lions tour, Adam Griggs, the Irish women's coach, was at 9, Scott Deasy, who played with Munster, was at 10, Tom Daly and Tom Farrell in the centres, the comic pairing. Keen Kelleher was in the back three, who's with Ealing now and spent time with Leinster and Connacht. And then we also had Foster Horn, Mark Roach and Ian Fitzpatrick, who played with the Irish Sevens at the recent Olympics. So I was playing in the row with that team and it was a lot of fun watching those backs do what they did. They tore the AL apart that year. I found it really refreshing how honest Tom was about wanting to experience a different culture and live somewhere else at some point in his career because I think it's so boring when players give these like robotic answers saying oh no I'm happy where I am now and that's where my focus is like these media trained answers I don't even think supporters want to hear that I think they want to hear what the players actual thoughts are and hear a bit of honesty like I obviously knew back in 2018 that Tom was pretty close to leaving professional rugby and going elsewhere as he was chatting to me about moving to the states potentially and studying there and playing collegiate rugby which isn't any level 
similar to the URC. But I think it was it's really interesting to see how it isn't a straight line up for people. And I think that sometimes on the outside looking in, you think it's kind of easy for pro rugby players or you think that everything just falls into place for them all the time. But what I've found from chatting to different people is that's often not the case. Usually there's some really tough times where you're not getting into teams and it doesn't look like you're going to get contracts. And it takes a lot of self-belief, determination, and in Tom's case here, a stroke of luck. You know, if Andy Friend didn't pick up the phone that time, things would probably be a lot different for Tom. Whereas now he was in the recent Ireland squad, he scored two tries Friday night for Connacht and he's, he's killing it. And yeah, I'm just buzzing to see him doing so well. And I always knew how good he was. Always knew how good a place kicker he was as well. It's um, He doesn't do it a lot, as he said, but he's unreal with the boot. And yeah, I'm just buzzing to see him in Ireland squads, playing well for Connacht and just, yeah, doing so well. If you enjoyed the chat, please do share it with a friend. I would really, really appreciate that or send it into a WhatsApp group. Also, if there's any part in particular that you enjoyed, please leave a review. Just let me know or send me a DM on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm the Off Field Rugby Coach. That's at Off Field Rugby. So yeah, if there's any parts you liked or topics you enjoyed, send it on to me. Or if there's any things, any feedback that you would have preferred I talk to Tom about or would like to talk to people in the future about, yeah, just send me a DM on Instagram. Would love to hear it. I really appreciate the people that are messaging me on Instagram, give me their feedback, let me know their thoughts does mean a lot and greatly appreciate the people that are sharing the posts on instagram sharing the podcast posts so thanks mill for that and thanks for clicking in today and listening i greatly appreciate it have a brilliant rest of your day cheers